I've been trying to think about the story of Sodom and Gomorrah in relationship to modern sexual confusion. So this is what I see happening on the social justice front, let's say. On the one hand, since the 1960s, and probably as a consequence of the birth control pill, but other factors as well, there's been tremendous stress placed on sexual liberation. And so there's this idea that I think is associated in large part right now with the radical left of total sexual freedom. But at the same time, there's increasing emphasis from exactly the same sources on restricting sexual interaction. So you see this in the campuses, for example, where increasingly, particularly heterosexual contact is regulated by a doctrine that says you have to get spoken permission for every move in the mating uh, process. And so you see, and I know I'm not expressing myself very well, but there seems to be, in our current culture, there seems to be massive sexual confusion. It's, it's some weird combination of extreme libertinism and extreme authoritarian attitudes towards sexuality. And, yeah. and obviously in the story of Sodom, part of what's happening, happening and is that sex, impulsive sexual gratification trumps everything. It's something like that. I mean, I know there's more to what's going on in Sodom than that, but there's certainly that. And so, well... I'm trying to figure out what to say about that tonight, because there's a, there's a lesson in there. The lesson is something like, don't let sexuality, don't let impulsive sexuality get the upper hand. It's something like that, or all hell will break loose, which I actually happen to agree with. So one of the things that we haven't been able to talk about in our culture, I think, is let's take the idea, of the, the phenomena of AIDS. Like AIDS mutated to take advantage of promiscuous sexuality. And that's just nothing. You never hear that publicized. You know, people had associated AIDS with homosexuality. And there was a reason for that, because it's much more easily transmitted as a consequence of homosexual sex than heterosexual sex. Um, because the anus is a much more delicate physiological structure. It's not as robust, and it can be much more easily damaged and, and, and with, with disease resulting as a consequence. But it isn't only the manner of sexual action that's the issue, it's also the fact that promiscuity provided the evolutionary platform for the AIDS virus to mutate into a very, into the form that it finally took. And it was only through the, by the skin of our teeth that we escaped a totalizing plague. You know, had that emerged a hundred years ago, God only knows how many people would have died. So AIDS was unbelievably fatal. So, I know that's a mishmash of ideas, and I'm not exactly sure how to see my way clear through it, but there is a clear warning in that story about, about something, about something yeah. to do with, with, with sexual iniquity. And Look, in, in the Bible, the sexuality has two, two poles that define it, and it's pretty clear. One, one side is reproduction, and the other side is we could, let's say, recreation, okay? So those are the two poles of sexuality in a normal world. So it's not just for reproduction, and it's not just for recreation, it's both. That, right. that was the idea. I mean, it's right. a natural idea. Now, if you, if there's a balance there that, yep. that should be had. If you lose this balance and it becomes just about reproduction, that's a problem. And if it becomes just about recreation, 
That's another problem. Yep. Okay. It's, it's not that complicated, really, but it's so politically incorrect to talk about these things, even though they're obvious. Well, they that are. nobody well, the dares to talk thing, about it. The thing is, is that the most difficult things to talk about are the things that are obvious, because when they're obvious, you don't have to talk about them. And so then, when people start to question the obvious, you don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah. It's like exactly. so, so. For example, we would. I, I'm thinking about the slut walks, you know. And so women go out and they dress very provocatively and, and they go out and manifest their right to be as provocative as they possibly can be without being interfered with. And I have some sympathy for that perspective because it seems to me appropriate for women to be the final arbiters in sexual contact. But on the other hand, it also, it's that whole exercise is blind to the fact that clothing, for example, has communicative intent and that people broadcast their invitation to sexual congress in a million ways, subtle and not so subtle. And you can't just say, I have the right to broadcast myself in any manner possible and be completely, um, can, can, can be what, completely immune from the consequences. There's something wrong with that. And with regards to basic sexual morality, you know, I've read things about like slut shaming, is that the more radical feminist types, for example, claim that women shouldn't be held responsible for their sexual behavior in some sense. It shouldn't be held against them how many men they've slept with, etc. But then I think, well, you'd never recommend to someone that they lay down naked on the, on the side of the street with their legs spread and invite anybody who walks by to partake of the opportunity. Everyone would regard that as inappropriate, I think without question. And so what that indicates is that some degree of sexual propriety is both normative and ethical. And then, of course, you can start asking yourself about what that degree of social sexual propriety should be. And it does have something to do with getting the balance between reproduction and recreation right. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, the, the thing, even in the Bible, there's... There's the two aspects. Some stories are about just this aspect, and there are the most strange stories in the Bible. Uh, for example, the story of um, Tamar um, is one of those. So uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that story, but Not it's enough. it's in the it's it's intercut with the story of Joseph, okay, in Egypt, and it's essentially uh, it says that Judah. Um, had children with some woman, and I think it's a stranger. It doesn't necessarily say so, but it, it seems like that's what it is. And then the sons die off, and then there's this woman called Tamar, and she disguises herself as a prostitute. Right. And she has a, a kid with Judah himself. So all yes. the symbols are, are in that story. Take elements of his clothing. Yeah. To demonstrate as a as a bribe, yeah, essentially. <laughs> well, and she wants to indicate later that he's the one who slept with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that story is about the the need for the recreative part of sexuality. It, 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 it's all about that symbolism. It's all about deceit. It's all about incest. It's all about death. And it's the, the idea is it's to raise the dead. Okay, it's not clear in the story, but if you understand if you understand the imagery, that's what it's about. It's about regressing back to 
an error that was made, okay, and raising the dead. So I don't, I don't want to get into it, but okay. it's just the idea that in the Bible there's both too. There's reproduction and there's recreation, and the recreation is renewal. There's the renewal. Sexuality is about renewal too. But that aspect of the symbolism is is pretty. I don't want to say obscure because it's actually right there if you can see it, but it's it's strange. I'll say it like that. It's a strange. <laughs> okay. Okay. So now. Another element of this might be the fact that in modern identity politics, sexual choice is a canonical identifier. And that also seems to me to be something wrong about that. Like, one of the things I've seen happening in Toronto, I'm sure it's the same in Montreal, is that, and I'm, I'm going to do this awkwardly, I'm going to put this awkwardly, because I, I haven't been able to sort through it properly. Um, Pride week. Pride Day has turned into Pride Week, and that's turned into Pride Month. And I think that seems to me to be pushing against some kind of limit, because the first question that I have is, like I was reading this book the other day by a friend of mine from Ottawa who's a gay conservative, and he said he had a lot harder time coming out as a conservative than he had as coming out as gay. And he talked about the degree to which homosexuals were persecuted in Canada before, say, the 1980s, and it's quite, it makes quite um, harsh reading, let's say. And so, and so, fair enough to the, to the civil rights movement, let's say, that, that has brought homosexuality into the norm, or that, into the mainstream, maybe that's one way of thinking about it, but that conversation still has a tremendous amount of development that's necessary because I don't understand exactly. It isn't obvious to me what integration into the mainstream precisely means, because a lot there's been a lot of talk so far about respecting the rights of gay people, but very little talk about what the accompanying responsibilities might be. And that actually seems to me to be a problem. And I mean, I I just had a letter from from guy gay guy who has been wrestling with this because he's not sure how to be gay and to be ethical at the same time, you know, because he sees part of normative behavior as taking a wife and having children and that, and can see the value in that, but that's certainly not the direction of his proclivity. And so he wrote, wrote to me asking me what he should do. And, you know, I don't have an answer for that. I don't know what the answer to that is. But I know that it might be something that would be worth talking about. And, and it's part of this current confusion about sexual identity and sexual pleasure and, and well, even gender identity for that matter. So, all right, so your idea was, well, the balance between recreation and reproduction had gone, was completely absent in Sodom. It was all recreation. It was all instant gratification and impulse. Yeah, and, and that's why it's put in uh, contrast with the Abraham bit, because it's the same angels, yeah. but in that case, he, he says, you'll have a son this time next year. So it's, it's the reproduction part is there. But when he gets to the bottom, yeah. it's not there anymore. It's only the recreation part. Okay. Yeah. So okay. They're, they're, they're meant to be contrasted, those two stories. Actually, in the story of um, Abraham, <laughs> it's pretty clear. He goes... Um, I don't know if this will make sense because it, 
when the angels come, it, it says um, he washes their feet and then he feeds them. Okay, that's actually the recreation and reproduction part. That not in terms of sexuality, but it's in terms of meaning. The renewal, the washing of the feet, is the recreation part, the renewal, the restarting, and the feeding is the reproduction part. Not not in a sexual way, but when you feed something food and it eats it and integrates it integrates it correctly, that's like a reproduction of your identity. Your you're staying yourself, you're reproducing yourself. So when you eat food, that's what you're doing. Not, like I said, not in a sexual way, but it, it has the, exactly the same meaning. If you eat something that you can integrate correctly, you're like reproducing your pattern. It's like the correct version of yourself. And then the, the other the side- washing, The washing, is that like, is that- Little flood. Yeah. It's the well, flood, it's a mini flood. Right, it also- It's an acceptable. Right, it's a controlled one. You're washing the dust off your, the road's dust off your feet. It means that you're, you're passing from one mode of being into another because you're, you're cleaning off the debris of the past. It's something like that. And then yeah, you're ready it's about for renewal. Next. Yeah, okay. So you have to see that when, when, when Matthew's talking about the idea of recreation, you have to understand that recreation and rest are basically the same thing. Right. That they basically have the same meaning. It's sleeping, resting, recreation are all dying. things that, that, that bring you into renewal. Okay. Dying. Even yeah. dying. Even yeah. dying. That's what dying is. It's, it's passing into another state. Letting something else have a chance. That's what dying is. It's, I mean... <laughs>